0: Today, we are going to start the conversation with Sandeep Sardana, founder and general partner of Blue Point Ventures. Sandeep, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Samana. Good to be here.
0: Sandeep, let's start by introducing our audience to you a little bit. So tell us a bit about your journey, what path Brought brings you here.
1: Well, thank you for that question uh you know journeys are very important uh and i think in our case uh, particularly mine um you know i uh you know, i've had an entrepreneurial bent uh for a long time um runs in my family my father was an entrepreneur my brother is an entrepreneur and uh you know uh, even from high school where i was selling high c in the streets of new delhi to uh even uh, selling vacuum cleaners door-to-door during college, has always been sort of hustling, selling stuff, and uh, and uh, just sort of building a business of some sort. Um, along the way, you know, I was involved with a few startups, some I founded, some I uh, worked with, and uh, as an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur, you get some operating chops. And then at some point I founded uh, an angel investment network uh, and invested and through that worked out okay uh gave me an opportunity to launch a fund so that's how i got started in venturing
0: and blue point is um how big is the fund
1: so you know we are about uh uh let's say eight to ten years old depending on how you look at it um and we started with the uh, smaller funds uh first couple of funds were 10 million apiece now we're just launched Two funds, 25 million apiece. So, that's uh, 50 million being launched right now. We've raised uh, for the early-stage part of the fund uh, most of the money. We are now working on raising the later-stage fund, the follow-on fund, uh, simultaneously to the early-stage fund. As the companies from the early-stage funds are graduating, we'd like a vehicle to absorb some of our pro there. So, um,
0: let's Try to uh, double-click into the specifics of the early-stage fund, Sandeep. Um, tell us about stage. What stage do you like to get involved in? What sectors do you like to invest in? And what is, you know, more specifically, what is your investment thesis for the early-stage funds?
1: Good question. We're a generalist investor, so we're – and we invest very early in terms of um, we might, in fact, go all the way to pre-seed. Um, Oftentimes we like to see some traction, um, a good amount of the team built up um, and financials worked out. And we asked the entrepreneur to tell their story through the financials, which is sort of an interesting take from our end because we think as the entrepreneurs talk about their vision, uh, they have to keep an eye on how they're going to build a business, right? And articulating the business through financials Uh, gives us a lot more comfort that uh, we're looking at something that can have um, a sense of um, a venture-based, venture-class business model, let's just say.
0: So let me probe that a bit. Yeah. Um, When you're doing a pre-seed venture, you still want the entrepreneur to be able to tell the story in financials, how they see the business, coming together,
1: yes? Roughly, uh, it it always makes uh, sense to us. I I think an entrepreneur does need to keep a mind on uh, cash flows. They have to understand that most of the companies uh, don't go out of business. They just run out of money. Mm -hmm. And money is an important part of it. Um, So, you know, they don't have to get it right the very first time. They just have to be able to articulate a few things properly, right? Yeah. We support that. We work with them, uh, but we want to know that uh, the person that is articulating their financials has a basic understanding, uh, a good enough understanding, let's say, of what is going to matter, right? Metrics matter, and and as they graduate to the next level of financing, uh, those things will matter more and more. So, what to keep an eye on is an important piece.
0: So, um, as you know, we do these sessions very much with an educational agenda. Uh, Do you have a case study where a pre-seed company did a really good job of articulating their finances? And what did they tell you? They're telling the story in finances. What did they tell you? What's a good example of articulating a hypothesis, a financial hypothesis? Uh,
1: Yes, I do have one uh, case study. Um, But this is an entrepreneur who had done it before. So he knew exactly what to tell us. Um, <laughs> uh, outside of that, it's it's harder and harder. And uh, it's, sometimes it takes a journey to get them to that point.
0: So uh, I'll, I'll tell you what we do in 1 million by 1 million is very much what you're talking about. We do very thorough bottom-up time analysis, which means we have to get the business model and the pricing model Hypothesis. Whether it's right or not is is another thing, but at least when you're starting out and trying to go out and raise money, whether you're raising pre-seed, seed, post-seed, pre series it doesn't matter. Whichever round you're raising, that financial hypothesis is really important to get right, and, and we've emphasized a few specific elements. One is the business model. Two is the pricing model derived out of that business model, and three is a bottom-up time analysis, taking those two elements into account. So uh, does that cover what you're looking for in um, financial storytelling, or are there other things that you want to see?
1: I couldn't have said it better, Samana, and I'd like to send a few, a few of my folks over to you to learn exactly. <laughs> <Please do.
0: that. laughs> I always tell our VC friends that whatever you're rejecting, send them to us. We will process them and send them back to you because we know exactly what is going on in this ecosystem.
1: You, you hit the nail on its head.
0: So let's, uh, let's talk about um, geography. Uh, is it Silicon Valley? Is it all of America? Is it other countries? How do you think about geography?
1: Yeah, good question. I think there was a time that we were focusing um, just about everywhere to try to find a good deal. Um, as an example, in Fund One, we invested mostly in Silicon Valley, but we also invested in New York, we invested in India, we invested in, uh, uh, as you know, Estonia. In fact, one of the better investments we made was in Estonia. Uh, more mm-hmm. likely, uh, it's been mostly Bay Area, but we're starting to uh, look again. In fact, I'm taking a trip out to uh, uh, UAE. Um, there's some few interesting investments that I'm possibly looking at over there. Um, so yeah, you know, as as the company is also starting to uh, realize that uh, they can uh, they can register themselves in Delaware and make it friendlier for U.S. investors, um, and uh, also bring their IP into the into Delaware or wherever in the U.S. I think it makes it a lot easier for us. Uh, the other piece, um, why mostly U.S. and particularly early stage in the U.S has to do with the tax efficiencies. Uh, because of QSPS, it makes more sense to find deals here. Because if we do outside investments, uh, they may or may not be a QSPS qualified. And that's an important factor when we do invest early stages.
0: Well, um, in the India-US corridor, which is a corridor we work with a lot, um, the, the you know there are two classes of companies, right? There's this global B2B companies that Typically, do the Delaware company and then put the IP in the Delaware company, raise money in the U.S. At least, you know, maybe they have a little bit of money from India or they're bootstrapped in India, and then they raise money here often. Or, I mean, there are major VCs playing in India as well, so there is plenty of money available. But even the ones who are playing in India, if they're global um, investments, global market pursuits, they tend to want still Delaware companies. Um the ones that are going after india domestic market the b 2 c in particular or the fintech or you know uh, the india facing ventures don't do that usually is that um not,
1: they do not need to do that you know if there are businesses over there they're not not gonna need to uh register here and 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 you know we've actually tried to um invest in a company called grow um that was a yc graduate that was um registered in delaware and but all their businesses in india um so that's one example of somebody who is registered here, but because of their yc graduation i think they had to do a delaware core
0: but is that is, do you invest in companies that have a, a market strategy that is completely not south america
1: Nowadays, yes i am starting to look at that
0: you are okay interesting yes. Yes. We are seeing a lot of that. We have some very, very interesting companies in our portfolio that are, we have one uh, India company that's really interesting. We have a company in Tanzania that is really interesting. Um, Yeah,
1: so all those would be great. Uh, As you know, uh, there's a question of governance, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, distance-based governance, will that work? Um, You know, India is a bit easier to think about given our families there. you know, so so the passport to India is a lot easier that way. Uh, outside of uh, India, um, you know, UAE is directly in our path. Um, um, Singapore, maybe some of the other Asian countries, but um, Africa is starting to emerge as a phenomenal place to invest. Um, and mm-hmm. we're, paying, we're starting to pay attention to that. I'm not sure we're okay. going to make any investment anytime soon. I don't think yeah, we yeah. have the, the, the firm... Uh, scaled up enough to do that many global investments, uh, but we'd yeah. like to start taking some, uh, part, you know, um, uh, start making some investments there.
0: So let's talk about some of your portfolio companies. What uh, what have you invested in that um, that you're particularly proud of or find really fascinating and Tell us the journey, when did they come to you, how did they come to you, why did you write the check, what was it that got your attention? So, let's just try to understand your thinking vis-à-vis some of your portfolio companies.
1: Sure. Um, I think we're very uh, proud of the sourcing mechanisms we've created. I think we brought source our deals through a number of mechanisms. Um, But uh, so, I'll give you an example of a few of the companies. one in particular is Techion, which is started by the ex CIO of Tesla Motors, uh, somebody we work with uh, for a long time. We run every so often. We run these panel events, uh, and we were very interested in running CIO panel events. And uh, James mm-hmm. Han, the founder of uh, Techion, was invited to one of those. Uh, eventually, became uh, good friends with him. And uh, when he was starting his company, um, we knew exactly the story. of, uh, in terms of how he had done this within Tesla and what he would do outside. We were jazzed about him as a founder, uh, and that's what we generally focus on, is the quality of the founder, before when we invest. And uh, his team was with him, phenomenal team, uh, great vision, and uh, and proven execution uh, inside Tesla, and inside VMware, and inside Oracle, wherever he's been. So we followed that story. And, um, and we're so glad that we made an investment. We invested in uh, in the seed round as one of the first checks in, Uh great syndicate coming alongside us. And uh, that was invested at a 10 million pre, uh, 13 post today uh, valuation in four and a half years, is that about three and a half billion. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, those are f- great fund makers, multiple fund deliverers, if you will. Um, yeah. Other companies, uh, there's a company called Dentira that we incubated in our office uh, uh, with an entrepreneur who'd already done it before and, um, you know, good friends with us, hung out with us. And we had this idea of uh, creating a marketplace for uh, dental supplies and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, leverage our network to help the entrepreneur get this thing going. And uh, on very little capital, And this is what we really, really like about such businesses, is they're super capital efficient and can build a large business um, without uh, much capital and without much dilution for themselves or for us.
0: Hmm. So, um, I want to probe that one a bit. Uh, Marketplaces, two-sided marketplaces, tend to be capital intensive. But you have found an entrepreneur who has managed to do a capital efficient two-sided marketplace scale. What
1: is the secret of that? I think <laughs> secret. It's very easy, Sramana, For in this instance, uh, So entrepreneur is a do-it-all entrepreneur. Can do just about everything. Um, <laughs> you know, top-level CTO uh, himself prior to this, uh, great business mind, and he's not drawing salary. So um, you know, he's wealthy enough now from his prior exits, um, and uh, built a small, very effective team in Bangalore and and delivered what we needed to see very quickly. Um, we leveraged leverage our network. And uh, he also knew that speed matters because he's done it before. And he executed really, really fast in terms of working with, uh, you know, other channels to get the product out
0: the door. Mm. So um, if this company has crossed five million in revenue, it sounds like it has already. Um, We would love to do the case study. As you know, we have the Entrepreneur Journeys case study series. And if the the invitation is open, if he's interested in coming to the series, we would be delighted to carry him.
1: I'll certainly have the conversation with him.
0: Um, What else? What else is uh, interesting from your portfolio, your thinking in general about where you want to invest?
1: Where I want to invest or what I've invested in? I'm sorry, I didn't follow
0: that. Both. Both. Both.
1: Okay, so a uh, couple of the other companies we've invested in, uh, Cloud Brink being one, which is a, a dream team of sorts, if you will. Um, just you know, edge compute um, and and one of the better teams to sort of pull that together. Um, you know, we're going to give it a little bit more time to sort of announce it, uh, keeping it stealth right now. But uh, that's that's uh, uh, one of the one of the most significant. One. In fact, I was just talking to Maureen that. Uh, Webex sessions, Zoom sessions, BlueJeans sessions—all of these are going to improve using uh, their product. Um, so you're not running into uh, um, any kind of issues in terms of bandwidth uh, not being available to your local device. Let's say um, another one that we've uh, made an investment is ClassPass. ClassPass just got um, just merged with uh, MindBody um and we like you know in the in the in the um let's say genre of marketplaces another one is fanduel that exited to uh um uh, what's called flutter entertainment or uh paddy power out of uh ireland um that was a phenomenal company and i'm very excited about sports betting market and uh a, a new sports betting investment out of the newest fund and uh, we're basically going to bring sports betting to just about every brick and mortar location. So we're building the infrastructure for that. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, lastly, I'd say uh, we also did uh, Postmates. Uh, we've done a new marketplace mm-hmm. called Highway Hall, which is actually uh, our newest, let's say newest uh, marketplace investment, bringing fresh groceries from shippers using uh, a network of carriers. So, you just sort of think of it as Uber Freight or Convoy of fresh produce. So,
0: you like marketplaces, clearly.
1: I, I do like marketplaces. I do like marketplaces. Uh, and that's about the only, uh, let's say, company, a, a, a type of a company we would uh, put money in that is uh, that has some consumer-facing element. So, um...
0: What is your analysis of the marketplace opportunity going forward?
1: Well, I, it's 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 been doing well. I think it'll continue to do well. I think marketplaces are a natural phenomena. Um, you're taking what's you know happening in the physical world and adding digital elements to it to make it far more efficient. Um, it'll just play itself uh, over and over again. Uh, we did, you know, we've done mar- multiple other marketplaces, now think about it, and the idea where uh, things start to make sense is they, they, they grow, when they grow, they grow really, really fast. They are capital intensive, but if I find them at the right stage, uh, it doesn't matter uh, as long as they grow really, really fast. And that's, I think the velocity is an important piece of marketplaces.
0: And what have you learned are the drivers of Velocity in the marketplace? Huh. What do you check for?
1: Yeah, uh, that's when you hope that you've made a great bet in the team and their ability to execute. Um, and I think largely, market is it. Look, some marketplaces haven't necessarily done well because of the pandemic. Um, you know, if, if you were invested in, uh, in, uh, in marketplaces that had travel uh, as an element, yeah. Um, And we did, and that, uh, you know, uh, suffered through the pandemic. They're recovering now. Um, You know, they were on a great growth path. And then all of a sudden, you know, pandemic happened and and business went to nearly zero. Uh, In some cases, 60 percent of the business hasn't turned. But, you know, once it once that happens, it takes a lot more effort to bring things back. Um, And uh, and uh, in other cases, things have accelerated Um, and and I think the majority of the cases, things have accelerated because of the pandemic. Um, and, you know, my belief is in digitizing the world. Um, and we take a very, um, you know, you go to our website and we will say, look, we look for um, what changes the human experience. And we follow the, the change in a human experience uh, by the sources and the impacts of that experience and, and look for technologies that have enabled that and business models that have enabled that and follow that path and put ourselves in front of those things. And we'll find the trends that are going to work. So it's a it's an odd way of looking at it, but that's how we look at things.
0: And what um, if you, uh, you know, double click down on that statement and, you know, maybe identify one, two, three uh, specific trends against which you would like to invest in? What would those trends be? Digitization is a broad trend, but below that level?
1: Yeah. So, you know, at this point, we're like I said, we're a generalist investor. Uh, Oftentimes we don't sit down a whole lot and think about what's going to change dramatically. We keep a sense of what's happening with the technologies. Uh, and the changing business models. And then as entrepreneurs come to us with their stories, that's when we start to double click to some extent. But uh, I'll give an example of where we are looking forward to some of, uh, some, some spaces. Uh, certainly office anywhere is one space that, uh, that is an interest uh, of ours. Um, we ourselves believe that we will not be resending our own office lease um, in another year, year and a half when, it, when this expires and we'll probably start to use um, uh, temporary spaces. Um, our employees don't want to come back to the office anymore. They want to work from home where we see, uh, people need to get together is where dynamic creativity is important to the business, meaning people get together and oftentimes results in very, uh, productive conversations, uh, on taking a business forward or, or something that, that is important operating roles where, you know, uh, you're, um, where it's sort of the back office type of stuff, they don't necessarily need to be together in the office. Uh, So we're starting, we're forming our opinions, our our thesis on this thing, but that's one place we think we'll invest more and look for more value. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll continue to look at um, increased uh, uh, improvements uh, using data and AI. Um, You know, there was one question um, that people have asked me, look, everything's been done. What's left? Everything we look around and it's been digitized and where we stand is we're seeing everything getting better and better with newer, newer tech. So as long as you can apply AI for decision making, as long as you can improve the UI, as long as you can add a different business model, you can improve things. And we like to sort of see that come back again. you know, if, if a startup has actually done, been successful with one type of, let's say, uh, model, it can always be improved with uh, with AI added to it or a better UI. Um, we're also looking at new spaces. Space is interesting to us to some extent. For a small fund, we don't like to do capital intensive uh, uh, mm. industries or, or, or plays, but uh, space is interesting. A uh, lot going on there, a lot to happen. Um, and uh, you know we're you know even for a small fund uh, we've made investments like I said in sports betting and in marketplaces. So as long as we can find a path to growth, we will invest.
0: And uh, on the small fund theme, one thing we've heard from a number of players who have come here uh, for these sessions is that they are exiting in the you know Series C, Series D. Uh, rounds is that part of your uh, game plan, or is that something that you don't want to do?
1: Uh, I, I, it's not off the table. Uh, we haven't done it, but it's not off the table. Uh, you know, it depends on your portfolio construction in Sumana. I think in um, if your portfolio is generating sufficient DPI early enough on its own, um, you don't necessarily need to start exiting. Right? Everyone's got their targets. We have our target, what we want to return to our investors uh, in terms of net. And uh, if we're able to get to it sufficiently without having to take positions off early um, proactively, we'll do that. Uh, But if we need to be proactive about it, we will be proactive about it. So we don't have uh, a said sort of plan on when we will take money off the table, if you will. Um, We see how, Our portfolio is developing, and uh, and decide as, as as it comes
0: together. Well, I think if it's a if your strategy is to focus mostly on capital efficient deals, then it's not as necessary to do that. But people who are doing small funds but are investing in these companies that raise hundreds of millions of dollars, that's when I think that is becoming a an important question: is how long do you want to stay? In that, and get diluted, and
1: and so on, right? Uh, true. I, I, I think that's an important consideration um, for us. It's uh, it's um, let's just say that if we see the 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 market expanding for the the company we're invested in, um, even if we are getting diluted, um, our our share price is still growing. Yeah. And as long as there's uh, meaningful growth in the share price and in our holding, we'll um, we, we will probably carry on. So founder vision, that's why it's been very, very important to us. And if we we try to establish that early and if the founder stays uh, with that vision and can create more value um, market is willing to pay for and an investor is willing to drop in hundreds of millions of dollars, so be it. Um, I think Tom will tell, you know, Samana, you have a lot more experience sort of uh, talking to a lot more people and and yourself. I think I'm still learning um, over time. I think, you know, these things, these patterns will reveal to me. And uh, uh, I'll also figure out whether I should have taken money off the table, as Sumana was saying Monday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, live and learn, I guess.
0: We are all learning all the time. My last question, Sandeep, is how do you... View first-time entrepreneurs. If a first-time entrepreneur came to you with the good, um, you know, financial storytelling, the way we discussed earlier, uh, would you invest in pre-seed? Would you invest in seed? What? How do you? How do you evaluate first-time entrepreneurs?
1: Um, we've done, uh, I'd say, uh, quite a bit first-time entrepreneurs, um, and we'll continue to do that. There's a there's a certain amount of rawness and there's a certain amount of energy in the first-time entrepreneur. So as long as they have fire in their belly and stars in their eyes and they can prove that they can do it, we'll back them.
0: So you would do a pre-seed deal with a first-time entrepreneur if there was a good financial storytelling and vision setting and energy and so on?
1: I I've recently done one and I'm doing another one right now.
0: Very good. Very good to hear that. Cause that's one of the gaps that we struggle with on behalf of our entrepreneurs that, everybody and there's the market is full of repeat entrepreneurs so anybody who's doing investments is looking for repeat entrepreneurs and pre-seed for first-time entrepreneurs is a big gap in the market very few people are doing pre-seed for first-time entrepreneurs so that's where we try to you know find people who are open to to that uh, that opportunity
1: yeah i mean look first-time entrepreneurs um um can be a little bit more reasonable as well, right? In terms of the their ask for valuation, uh, that's yeah. helpful. And uh, second piece is, as long as they, have, they they have the ability to pull a firm together, get a team together, um, and articulate a great vision, um, I, I'm I'm not sure why you wouldn't do it. Um, and and you know, oftentimes we work in syndicates. Uh, so if I'm leading a deal, I'll bring a syndicate together. My energy will rub off the other uh, folks in the syndicate with me and they'll co-invest alongside. So there's always a reason to sort of uh, invest in a first time entrepreneur and, and bring the energy of uh, a syndicate to them. So they have the ability to uh, uh, bring the firm together, let's say, uh, in a, in a in maybe I, I shouldn't say a safer environment, but at least in a, in a um, relatively safer environment.
0: Great. All right. Well, Sandeep, thank you for uh, sharing your thoughts, and thank you for coming today. We will be in touch. I I do have stuff that I will be uh, sending you uh, as soon as they're ready. So uh, I have noted what your inclination is towards, so I hope to find you stuff that are of interest to you.
1: Good deal. Thank you, Sermana.
0: Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.